Good morning, friends. Welcome to Tuesday, the 21st of June, 2021. And this is uh, Ambassador Monday Ogojo Obe from Otakada Cyber Church Ministries, where we're seeding the nations and God is transforming lives through the timeless truth uh, in His Word. And uh, our goal is to reach 100 million souls, to engage 100 million souls uh, by 20, on or before 2040, uh, over, over cyberspace and other platform that the Lord provides. That's our prayer, so uh, join us in that. And uh, today's content count is uh, 2,220,326. And the title uh, for part 31 of uh, Enough is Enough. Uh, to captivity of Satan and welcome to freedom in Christ Jesus. Can spirit-filled Christians be under the influence of demonic or evil entities? And uh, fasten your seatbelt as we hear true stories and deliverances of self and other Christians by late Derek Prince. And uh, I welcome you again to the 21st part of Enough is Enough to Captivity and Welcome to Freedom in Christ Jesus. Now, uh, it is shocking to me that in our today's Christianity, we have become so advanced in our spiritual attainment that Satan has stopped influencing modern-day Christians. A church organization can be operating for 30, 50 years or more of the life of that church, and there would be absolutely zero encounter with demonic entities. It's either we are living in fool's paradise or the great deceiver have sold us, the body of Christ, a lie from the pit of hell. That he's a forgone story. I guess Satan has packed his bags and baggages and gone off to Jupiter. Yet, our modern day Christian testimonies of fruits of freedom in Christ Jesus leaves much to be desired. Now, if you miss uh, the, the last part, part 30 of, uh, of Enough is Enough to Captivity, the uh, question was Can God be trusted? Let go and let God catch you midstream. Get seven rock-solid steps on an enduring trust in God for exploits in your life and that of others. You can find that on our website or on the podcast that you're, you're listening to, um, even right now on the podcast page, uh, Anchor. If you go uh, to Google Play, you can download Anchor, and then you type in there, otakada.org, you find all the contents there. We're in the 31st one. So, for today's title, our Anchor Scripture, uh, today is Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18. I'm reading using the Amplified uh, Bible. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. If you notice in the command of Jesus to us Christians, the first sign we will demonstrate as we go to win uh, the loss is that we will cast out demons, followed by we will speak in new tongues. Why was casting out demons first on the list? Because going to bring people into the kingdom of God is warfare. It is a battle between God's kingdom and the kingdom of darkness. And 1 John 3, 8 says, This was the reason Christ came, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
That work of darkness was enacted when Adam and Eve fell from grace through the trickery of Satan and the grand enemy of man. Jesus showed us by example as recorded in Acts 10 38, Amplified Bible, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And he himself confirmed his assignment in Luke chapter 4, verses 17 to 19, uh, the 21st century King James Version. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, notice in the text above, it says, to preach deliverance to the captives. Neatly and nicely, our modern Christianity have eased deliverance out of the gospel of Christ. We have this saying, if we leave the devil alone, the devil will leave us alone. Nothing can be further from the truth. If we want full 360 degree freedom in Christ, then we have to deploy the full counsel of God in all our engagements, uh, mission engagement, church engagements, and all of that. Having laid the foundation for these true, uh, true stories below, I now hand over the discussion to Derek Prince, who was a Pentecostal pastor filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues but had a demon spirit in him, until Jesus brought this to light and he was delivered. But he kept the deliverance secret not to be labeled a heretic because the doctrine of the church which he signed on to says spirit-filled Christians cannot be under the influence of demonic entities. That is history now. Now read the story of some deliverances. Learn and apply for total healing, deliverance, and restoration. Record the process so you and I can help others who are going through similar circumstances or situations. Remember, if one soldier is down, all are down. Not everyone can be hand handled with modern medicine or science. Some torments are from the demonic realm. Until we discern the source of the problem, we'll just be shooting and missing the target. So enjoy, enjoy the stories. But before then, read these three scriptures with a scripture with scriptural witnesses. What do you make of them? Exercises 10.8. Uh, reading from 21st century King James Version. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh through a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Proverbs 4, 23-24, 21st century King James Version. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are outflowings of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Mark chapter 7, verse 15. There is nothing from outside a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. Salah. Now, confrontation with demons from the, uh, from they shall expel demons by Derek Prince. In 1957, I left my pastorate in London and Lydia and I went out to Kenya as educational missionaries. We became friends with a team of African evangelists who used to describe to us their personal encounters with demons. On one occasion, they were ministering to an uneducated African woman who spoke only her own tribal dialect. 
but the demon spoke out of the woman in English. You can't cast us out. You don't have enough education. To which my friends replied, we're not casting you out because we have education, because we're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew my friends well enough to be convinced that they were not exaggerating or fantasizing. The accounts of their dealings with demons reminded me of incidents recorded in the New Testament, but I did not know what to do with this information. Busy with my work as principal of a teacher training college, I put it in my pending file. After serving for five years, Lydia and I left Kenya and traveled and ministered for two years in Europe, Britain, Canada, and the United States. Then in 1963, I accepted a position as a pastor of a small Pentecostal congregation in Seattle. One Saturday, I received a phone call at home from Eric Watson, a charismatic Baptist pastor. I knew slightly. I have a woman here, he said, who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but she needs deliverance from evil spirits. I had never heard a Baptist pastor talk like that before. What followed was even more unexpected. The Lord assured me that you and your wife are to be the instruments of her deliverance, he continued, and it's to happen today. I was somewhat taken aback. I was somewhat taken aback. I was certainly not prepared to let anyone person make such a decision for me. So I breathed a quick prayer. Lord, is this from you? Do you really want me to do what he says? To my surprise, I sense the Lord responding, yes, this is from me. All right, I said to the pastor, bring the woman over. The first battle. While Lydia and I were waiting for Pastor Watson and the woman we received, okay, uh, and the woman, and the woman will receive the surprise. I repeat that. While Lydia and I were waiting for Pastor Watson and the woman, we received a surprise visit from John and Sherry Faulkner, a Presbyterian couple who had recently been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We told them about the visitors we were expecting and invited them to stay and pray. Then Eric Watson arrived with a fair-haired, blue-eyed woman. He introduced us, Mrs. Esther Henderson. I scanned her closely, looking for some outward evidence of her strange spiritual condition. A wild look in her eye, perhaps, or a metallic ring in her voice. But she seemed to be a perfectly ordinary middle-class American housewife, somewhere in her middle-thirties. I judged she did not seem nervous or frightened. Pastor Watson got down to business immediately. He sat Esther down in a chair and explained, she's been delivered from a demon of nicotine. But there are others. Listening to what he had to say, I decided to remain neutral until the Lord gave me some clarity or direction. Pastor Watson stood in front of Easter, Esther and said in a loud voice, You evil spirit, I command you to come out of Esther. When there was no obvious response, his voice grew louder and he repeated the same words, I command you to come out. I know you are there the pastor continued and i command you to come out in the name of jesus the moment he mentioned uh, the name of jesus there was a definite reaction from esther as i watched closely her countenance changed it was as though another personality was coming to the surface a yellow sulfurous glow appeared in the center of each eyeball i knew there was another power inside this ordinary looking baptist housewife Eric Watson continued to stand. Eric 
Watson continued to stand and shout at whatever it was. Apparently, he felt that shouting gave him more authority. But after a while, seeming to realize he was making no progress, he looked questioningly towards me. I had been thinking it over, recalling especially the methods of Jesus. So I took my stand in front of Esther and said something like this. Now we evil spirit that's in this woman, I'm talking to you and not to the woman. What is your name? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to answer me. The answers came immediately, just one syllable uttered with incredible venom, hate. Everything in the woman's face registered pure, undiluted hatred. Never in all my life had I seen such hatred in anybody's eyes. The promptness of the demon's answer took me by surprise. I did not know what to do next, but I decided to follow the instructions Jesus had given his disciples. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you, you spirit of hate, come out of this woman. An insolent voice, not in the least like Esther's, replied, This is my house. I have lived here 35 years and I am not coming out. On bidding, there came to my mind the Bible passage in which uh, the unclean spirit that goes out of a man says, I will return to my house from which I came. Matthew 12, chapter 12, verse 44. So the demon's reference to Esther as my house was in line with scripture. With this in mind, I said to the demon, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are coming out. The demon continued to defy me while I continued to say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you are coming out. It was a real conflict of wills. It seemed that I had to beat the demon down stage by stage. Each stage took quite a while. But the more I quoted scripture and used this name of Jesus, the more I gained ascendancy over my enemy. Eventually, the demon began to bargain with me. If I come out, it said, I'll come back. I said, no, you'll come out and you will stay out. And he said, well, even if I come out, my brothers are here and they will kill him. I said, no, you come out first and your brothers will come out after you. At the same time, I realized I had picked up a useful piece of information. Apparently, there was more than one demon there. Then the demon said, even if we come out of her, we've still got her daughter. I said, no, you'll come out of Esther first and then you'll come out of her daughter. I had no, I had not known that Esther had a daughter, but I was following a simple principle. Whatever the demon said, I said the opposite. At this point, the demon changed his tactics. Without any warning, Esther's arms rose up and crossed over her truth, truth, and she began to throttle herself with her own hands. Her face turned purple, and her eyes began to protrude out of her head. John Faulkner, the Presbyterian, who was taller and heavier than I, joined me, and with our united strength, we finally succeeded in pulling Esther's hands away from her throat. Her strength was supernatural. Then I returned to my Bible, my battle with the demon. I began to feel a tremendous pressure inside my belly, belly like an inflated balloon that seemed to be pushing that seemed to be pushing against the demon in Esther. Suddenly, a hissing sound came out of Esther's mouth. Her head fell forward limply and her body relaxed. At the same time, the balloon inside me was deflated. 
I knew the demon had gone out. Soon, however, Esther stiffened up again, and the balloon inside me was reinflated. I realized I was in contact with one of what the demon had called his brothers. I went through the same procedure with the next demon, which named itself as fear. After another battle, it too came out. Once again, Esther relaxed and the balloon inside me was deflated. Becoming tired, I stepped back and one of the other people took over, following more or less the same procedure that I had established. By the time the strong struggle ended, nearly everyone present had participated in all the session. In all, the session lasted about five hours. After fear, the next demon that named themselves and came out were pride, jealousy, and self-pity. So self-pity can be a demon, I said to myself. I was beginning to understand why some people could never seem to keep a positive scriptural attitude during difficult circumstances. In fact, this whole process was opening up a new window through which I would henceforth view people's behavior and the forces that motivated them. The next demon that named itself and came out was infidelity. I understood this as a spiritual force that sought to drive a woman, a married woman, and perhaps a married man also to sexual immorality. The next demon that named itself was death. At first I was skeptical. I had always regarded death as a purely physical condition. Then I recalled the house, the horse in Revelation chapter 6, whose rider was named death. So death could be a person. Did that mean it could be a demon too? Intrigued, I said to the spirit of death, when did you enter this woman? About three and a half years ago, it replied, when she nearly died on the operating table. When the spirit of death finally came out, Esther was stretched on her back on the floor. Her skin was waxy and cold, her face like a death mask. There was no hint of color anywhere in it. Anyone walking into the living room at that moment would have concluded that there was a dead woman on the floor. I recall the incident after Jesus had delivered the boy from a deaf and dumb spirit and the boy became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose, Mark chapter 9, verse 26 to 27. Esther lay there for about 10 minutes, then raised her hands and began to praise the Lord and speak in tongues. Finally, her strength beginning to return, she stood up. After about half an hour, we handed her over to Pastor Watson, who put her into his car and drove her home. Lydia and I went back into our house where the Faulkners were waiting. We all looked at one another in amazement. Then someone said, let's have a cup of tea. As we talked it over, we were all excited. For the first time, we had seen a dramatic, objective, supernatural demonstration of the authority Jesus had given us over demons. Another captive set free. About halfway through the following week, Esther Henderson phoned my wife and said, I think they are trying to come back. Could you come out and help me? We drove out to Esther's home to cancel, cancel and pray with her. It seemed that the demons were oppressing her with a fear, seeking to use that as a door of re-entry. We encouraged her to take her stand on the words of James 4, 7, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. While we were there, Esther's youngest child, a little girl of six, lingered in the background. Rose was a thin, 
uh, unhappy withdrawn child. Each time Michael looked her in the face, she averted her, her eyes and, and bent her head down. She was, I learned, considered retarded. Eventually, I said to Esther, I know the devil can be trusted to speak the truth. But when those demons said they had your, your daughter, I believe they must have been speaking the truth. Would you pray for her? Esther replied. So Lydia and I made an appointment for her to bring Rose to our home for prayer the following Saturday. Then we invited the Faulkners to come and support us in prayer. That Saturday, before we began to pray in our living room, I asked Esther how much she remembered of what had happened to her the previous Saturday. She remembered nothing. She said, from the time the demon of hate took over until she found herself lying on her back on the floor praising God, the demons had completely submerged uh, her personality and used her voice and features as channels through which they could express themselves. Esther also confirmed when we asked her, that she had undergone a serious operation three and a half years previously and had nearly died on the operating table. Now when we began to pray for Rose, we followed much the same procedure as we had with Esther. Demons manifested themselves once again and took control of Rose's continents and features. They also spoke through the child's lips. I turned to Esther at one point and said, is that your daughter's voice? Bewildered, she replied, it isn't even like my daughter's voice. I never expected anything like this. Some of the demons in Rose had the same names as those in her mother, but there were not so many. As with Esther, the first one to manifest itself was hate, and the last was death. When death came out, Rose was stretched out on the floor looking like a corpse, just as her mother had been. Once Esther and Rose were fully delivered, it seemed right to commit them to Pastor Eric Watson for ongoing spiritual oversight. I did maintain contact with Esther, however, for the next two years. During that time, she apparently made good spiritual progress, although from time to time she still had to fight off demonic attacks. As for Rose, she was transformed into a normal, happy little girl who was no longer considered retarded. The demons, it seemed, had been suppressing her natural personality and intelligence. These experiences with Esther and Rose caused me to look at my congregation in a new light. I saw traits and forces at work in them that I had never understood. Could it be that they too had demons at work within them? If it was true of a good Baptist like Esther, could it also apply to good Pentecostals? Now taking over from Derek to conclude this part, I include the scriptures that readily come to mind as I meditated on these stories. Here is it. Ephesians chapter 6 from 10 to 18. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with Him, draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. 11. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully. Uh, uh, be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirit who are the world's rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in heavenly uh, spiritual sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger.
And having done all, the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. And having showed your feet in preparation to, the, to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by good news and the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Now, may the Lord bless the reading of this word as the Holy Spirit empowers us to meditate and apply them by covering every opening in our lives that can give the enemy a foothold in our lives in jesus name amen now praying for self-deliverance now a short prayer for self-deliverance so you repeat after me lord jesus christ i believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead you redeemed me by your blood and i belong to you i want to live for you i confess all my sins known and unknown you name them. I am sorry for them all. I renounce them all. I forgive all others as I want you to forgive me. Forgive me now and cleanse me with your blood. I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ which cleanses me now from all sin. And I come to you now as my deliverer. You know my special needs. The thing that binds, that torments, that defiles, that evil spirit, that unclean spirit. You name them. I claim the promise of your word. Whosoever that calleth on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I call upon you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deliver me and set me free. Satan, I renounce you and all your works. I lose myself from you. In the name of Jesus, and I command you to leave me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let it come from your heart and see the salvation of the Lord as you breathe out from the death of your spirit. Now, are you sick or in need of uh, deliverance and restoration, healing, deliverance and restoration? For those who are sick or unwell in whatever shape or form, or needing deliverance or restoration, kindly touch the door below in faith. Faith is seeing the precise positive outcome of your current situation, knowing that Jesus has done his part more than 2,000 years ago to secure your healing and deliverance and restoration as a down payment, trusting that that down payment is available to you to draw from, like a positive balance in your checking account with a bank. No questions asked as we agree with you and pronounce be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. By authority he have granted unto me and unto them. I exercise that authority now in faith, with their anger against the enemy and the hunger to get what you have freely given unto them all. Across every illness, every disease, be it cancer, COVID-19, be it spirit of infirmities, be it demonic possession or oppression, be it the spirit of poverty, setback, delayed fulfillment of what God has already determined or released. We come against the anomaly, 
We bind them, we cause them to their root, and we cast them out by authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We call for the release of healing, a release of deliverance, and a release of restoration into their lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for testimonies that are abiding to your glory and honor and adoration. Thank you for souls that have been added to your kingdom as a result of this passage, message, the miracles that we have already, we are already seeing right now, manifesting for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It is done. Rejoice. Touch the spot, either on the website or just connect in faith with the prayers that we pray now and uh, declare, I am healed. I am delivered. I am restored in my spirit. So, buddy, and all around me, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You respond uh, positive words with thoughts, negative thoughts that come your way. Begin to do what you could not do before and begin to confess until full healing, deliverance, restoration becomes a fruit in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay hungry for all of God. Stay angry and take back all that the enemy has held back. In Jesus' name, amen. Note, that's five. Uh, to the healing for God's glory and be the shame, and to the shame of the enemy. Send us an email or WhatsApp. WhatsApp us if you still need us to agree with you on the issue. Go to the content and build your faith. Build up your faith. Share why this content so that it can be a blessing to others. Shalom, Ambassador Mandy Okwajo of Otakada Cyber Church Ministries at www.otakada.org. O T A K A D A dot org may the lord bless and keep you may the lord cause his countenance to shine upon you brightly and give you peace joy and the holy ghost may he cause lines begin to fall for you in pleasant places for his own glory in jesus name amen bye bye <music>